0: asked, you know, what what is it about God that amazes you? And I was just thinking, as you were asking that, you know, I think think one of the things I find most amazing about God as I reflect on that phrase is that, and maybe this is as a person who grew up in the church or who the idea of God was always familiar to, but I think the thing that amazes me most about God is how uh, real and true And practical and powerful and able God is. That He's not just this idea, or He's not just this lifestyle that I have to live, but that the reality of God is a presence I can encounter, is a force that is accomplishing, is a is a promise giver and keeper and fulfiller, you know. And I think, I think those things, you know, as as you were asking it, I was looking down at Ella and you know, I was just thinking like. Uh, I just, you know, I'm amazed by the good gifts that God accomplishes, you know, and the the way in which He l- leads a great path and a good story, and I I I think it's a, it's an overwhelming notion, really. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was um. I was I was taking. Sorry. Oh, thanks. I was taking some time this week and was just sitting down with a morning coffee and just pulled out my journal and was, was just taking a bit of time just to reflect on life and where I was at. And I started thinking about Leela and Ella and I just started talking to God about them. And I was just, I was just thanking God for these two beautiful women in my life and the, 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 this place he's put me. And, uh, and I, was just, I was just saying, God, I just want to be a good husband and a good dad. I just want to love these two people well. And, uh, and his response to me was that there is no greater achievement and no higher call than to love well. You know, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I live that way. I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have that simplicity in my thinking, you know, that the, that the greatest Achievement that I could have in my life is that at the end of my days, those who walked closest with me could say, "He loved us well." You know, and for me, that's an aspirational statement. That's an inspirational statement. It's what I desire. It's what I want. I, I don't want. I don't want to show up well to church and have words that play well, or I don't want to do the right thing in my job and 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 look like you succeeded, or I don't want to have a bank account full of money at the end of my days. And people go, yeah, but gee, it was sure missing. You know, I wanna I wanna I wanna come through this with the people who see me, good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> These people, you know, I, I cannot hide myself from Ella. She's gonna see the good days, she's gonna see the bad days, she's and, and for me, what a what a litmus to go, you know, that there is no greater achievement or higher calling in my life than I could love. You know, and I got thinking about it. And I'm like, this is this is a verse. This is a verse. And so, you know, we've got the First Corinthians chapter 13, you know, love is patient, love is kind. You know, don't be the resounding gong or the clanging cymbal. You can do all these great things. You can prophesy, you can minister, you could teach, you could use your gifts most powerfully. But if it lacks love, you're just noise. And it goes on to say what love is, patient, kind good, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't self-seeking, forgives, let goes, doesn't keep its agenda, keeps no record of wrong. You know, it just goes on and on and on. Paul talking about this, and he goes, this is what I've called you to. He goes on to introduce us to the idea of the body of Christ and say that you're woven together with others and that this is the existence to which I've formed, shaped, and called you. And then at the end of that chapter, you know, he basically, basically goes on to say, this is the deal. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, he says, now and now there remain faith, abiding trust in God and his promises, hope, confident expectation of eternal salvation, and love, unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. The very next verse, I don't know why the chapter breaks up here because it feels like, gosh, this is a flow on thought. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1. He says, pursue this love with eagerness. Make it your goal. Yet earnestly, and earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church, but especially that you may prophesy, to foretell the future, to speak a new message from the people of God. You know, he's, he says at the beginning of this, in, in the New Living Translation, he says, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. Pursue this love with eagerness. Make it your goal. I don't know. I, 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 let's just, I just want to stop and pause and talk about that line of that verse in amongst ourselves for a minute and go, what does a life that makes love its highest goal look like? Where is that practical? I mean those are really nice words. They sound lovely. Oh, amen. 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 Make love your highest goal. Gosh, you know some of these things speak really easy and and play out really difficult. You know, it's like, well, what? I guess it begs the question, what is the highest goal of the life I'm living? What have I set my eyes on? What is the goal? What what am I what am I pursuing and what would change? if I viewed life with love as the highest goal, what, what would that alter? How would my week look different? How would my day look different? How would my family be changed? What would, what would shift if love were my highest goal? And I think, let, let's just take a minute and just reflect on this idea of what it looks like to pursue this love with eagerness and to make it our goal or to let love be our highest goal. So, all right, all right. Well, what what are what are what are some of the things we tossed around? What are a couple of things that came out of groups that we just thought, Oh, I really love that and people need to hear it. What are what are a few of the things? Profound, brilliant, deep, wonderful machinations. We'll start with Allie. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Any thoughts that came out of the group that we just go, gee, that's gotta be said. Oh here, I'm gonna pass you this just so that
1: Um, Hannah um, brought up that for her um, being part of the harder things of love, which is sort of um, (coughs) being part of the harder conversations or the harder situations and um, appreciating the deep healing that can come from those rather than you know, the, just everything's okay and let's try and smooth this over as quickly as we can because we just want life to get back to normal. Sometimes love looks like travelling the harder road and actually allowing that to be and loving in the, in those situations. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, our group, Andrew, mentioned, I sure I really liked, just the concept of loving someone but being on a really different page from them. So the challenges of you know, yeah, just being miles apart in some areas, but but yeah, just still having that genuine love without that being fake. I thought that's quite a challenge, and could think of some examples. Yeah, but I still love you, Brad. It's all good. <laughs> Give me the mic
0: back. <laughs> Who said you could talk? <laughs> uh, man, both of those, both of those, you know, examples really. Uh, you know, we can put a shine on this love is your highest goal, you know, we can oh, you know, rainbows and unicorns and fairy tales, this idea up, but you know, there are you know, if love's my highest goal, there are some difficult situations that require uh that stance, you know, and it's like yeah, it's it's risky to love, isn't it? You know, it's it's challenging and you know, what a what a great thought that you know, what does love look like when people don't think the same as you or live the same as you or act the same as you or agree with you? You know, what 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 about what about a love that says, you know, it's okay that there's a degree of disrespect coming toward me. Yeah, those are those are the places where love grows stronger. Yeah, I really love that thought. Any any others? There's gotta be one more out there.
3: Those are gold, so And you know, I were both sharing you came after, so you said the same thing I did. Which was fun. Which was fun because it's like, man, it's so true. Like I was just saying, um, that uh love can uh putting love first, it, it can be tricky because I can use what I, who I am or even acts of love, like it talks about here, even to gifts or whatever, to my own benefit. And so I can love um or I can do acts of what appear to be love but actually I'm just trying to get something for myself. So like my example was coming home after work and I'm tired and the kids are there and it's like my goal is to get what I need. And so I can I can try to put on super dad and like and like play and like do dinner and clean up and get them into bed so that I can get what I need. Do you know what I mean? And and so I think a lot of times love can be a bit sneaky that way i mean we have you know sneaky enemy mode it would be the thrivey language but like it's just like i can i'm actually attempting to yeah gain for myself like something that i need for me the the kids are no better example than that and and truthfully (laughs) truthfully about somewhere halfway through i find myself exhausted trying to use love for myself like trying to use acts like that for myself and i often find i come up short anyway so then i'm angry with the kids or frustrated or i'm just fighting i'm clawing to get what i need and um so love for me looks like not determining the outcome but staying maybe even in the moment yeah
0: Yeah, it's a good thought. I mean, when you read that first chunk of, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, it's kind of like a, you know, if that's characterizing the highest goal of love, it's like it's kind of like takes a baseball bat to you, really. Because, like, this is a a heavy love. You know, love is not self-seeking. And so when I love seeking something for self, actually, that's not love at all. It's like because love isn't that. And so it's like when love is my highest goal, it's, uh, it's an other's mindedness. Man, that's challenging, isn't it? It's challenging. Yeah, good thoughts. Good thoughts. Yeah. I'm going to kind of just uh, turn a corner and, and, and try and do it, do, do it quickly. But, you know, I think, I think there's an environment that permits love to grow. That permits uh, the opportunity for, for love to begin to take root. And, and love is something we receive, and in receiving it, then give it. It's not something that we cultivate and grow for ourselves, it's something that flows to us and through us. And I think we can find ourselves in an environment that gets robbed of love really quickly. And uh, maybe before I go into those thoughts, uh, Glenn shared a story with Rob and I this week that uh, that really kind of depicts the the thought that I'm headed to. So maybe, would, would you mind sharing just the exchange you and Kai had? Yeah, come and sit here. Yeah, sure,
2: so Kai, who most of us all know, 17, going on 33, um, and wants what he wants, and what he wants right now is a Nissan Patrol, and so he is all about getting a Nissan Patrol. Challenge, he hasn't got the money for it, and he doesn't have a regular job to get regular income for it either and so he tends to do his own He'll sort of s- his uncle for a job. he sends. he tends <laughs> yeah and then gripes about it oh, um <laughs> so he tends to yeah lean on a lot of these people in here to uh you know wash cars and do whatever and gets busy when he needs money is probably you know probably the way he's previously operated and so um, he came to us in mid. Oh, we were heading up on the boat into Sydney, and on that way, there was a there was a car that came up, which on face value seemed like a really good deal. And so he was chatting to Greggy and over in New Zealand, and you know there was a few conversations like, yeah, it probably sounds like it's not that bad a deal, and um, didn't have an engine, but you know minor yeah. my, minor details. But uh, but anyway, all that to say, um, you know he he wanted to go with this, and he needed a loan from mum and dad. And, um, you know, I was praying about this and because I, I just thought it was a dumb idea. Like, I'm sitting there going, like, you know, man, there's so many better cars around than that for your first car. It's going to eat every bit of money up from you. And, you know, what you're saying yes to now, you're saying no to a bunch of things that I don't think you really see. And uh, and so I just thought it was a dumb idea, really. But anyway, as I was sort of doing some time on it, I felt like God was just saying to me, he needs to sit in the the. The decisions, and the consequences or the benefits, whatever it might be, of the decisions that he makes, and I guess he's 17 now, so, so yeah, that's that's I guess the progression of you know going from you can, you can't to you get to choose, and um, and so yeah, I, I left that with him and said yeah we'll we'll help you out, and uh, he put a deposit down on this vehicle and uh, and got gazumped. Someone went and offered this guy more money. And so he ignored the deposit that Kai had given him. So about a week later, he, he, I mean, he's in the elation of his first car. He is on cloud 25, you know, and just, so, you, know, which, you know, fair enough. It's like first car, that's exciting. And so he is so excited. And so it was a long drop to fall from, you know. It's like I've gone from this moment of elation to this crash and burn of this guy's gazump me and I haven't got the car And so, you know, we sort of picked ourselves up from that and, you know, he wasn't fair enough ready to talk straight away about it, but it's like, oh, maybe God's got something better for you and um, he kind of accepted that. A month goes by, another car comes along and it is way better than the first one. And he'd been talking about it with me for a couple of weeks and I hadn't really... I think he was looking for the perfect opportunity just to, you know, like, come on, Dad, now's the moment. And anyway, he got that moment, and I got engaged, and it's like, man, this one's so much better than the last one. It's got an engine, for starters. Um, and, and, you know, it looked like a really good deal. And he came to the point where last week he, he, he made an offer for it. Um, and this guy had taken it off. had been in the dialogue with Kai, had heard what happened with the first one, really sympathised with him, and took it off the market for Kai. Um, and while he had the opportunity to speak to dad about it, that took a little while to happen, he eventually has the conversation, we get to the point, he makes an offer, oh, sorry mate, I've just sold it to my friend, you know, and so again, like this, you know, I was nearly there and whoomp, you know, and um, anyway, I was just like, I was really surprised, you know, and again, you don't want to, Kai did really well from recovering from that one, quite quickly and you know I said what is that like what is the go that it just seems too coincidental that you know two situations have happened where you've pretty much all the same things happen you've had this car and it's been ripped out from underneath you I said what you know what is you know is God trying to get something to you in this and you know he wasn't all that interested to talk about that straight away and anyway he wanted to do he agreed let's let's connect the next night so he agreed on Tuesday night let's come together and let's just see." seek God on what he's got to say and he pulled out unbeknownst to me he'd done a little bit of time on it a month before when the first one happened and he'd written some notes and I said "Well, why don't we just start there start with those notes and read through it and it was just beautiful like you know got it he had a bunch of stuff that I'm like that's definitely not Kai you know it was like it was like uh, you'll reap the reward when you wait was one of the things that God told him and you know and as far as kyle was concerned he'd waited and this was the reward but you know but but anyway that's you know the interpretations the challenge isn't it but anyway he was in this moment of real frustration of man all my mates they're all able to they can just go buy a car they don't have to do you know they don't have to ask why, why do i have to why do i even have to do this process and i said to him you don't you don't have to do this process it's completely okay like if you you know, you're, you've you've decided to go on this journey with God, and one of the things that I think's awesome about all the stories that I can think around this room and beyond is that God really meets you in the context that's got your attention. And so, if there's something that's got your attention, if there's something you're feeling anxious about or passionate about or whatever, He lo- it, when you get when you release that to Him to intersect with, then He will talk to you on that, and and He meets you where you're at, and and yeah, I love that. And there's so many great stories I can think of in this room around that and in my own life. But for this moment, for Kai, Kai's just in this, Ah, oh, what do I have to do this for? And I was like, you just don't, mate. Like, it's entirely up to you. If you'd prefer to not hear what he's got to say and just, you know, go do what makes sense to you, that's your choice and you can do that. And he's like, ah, oh, oh, you know. But that's just not me. That's not who I am. And it's like, well, there you go, buddy. You know, so you're not a victim to this. You know, you're not a victim to the situation. You don't like the circumstances. You don't like what's taken place, but you are here by your own choice. And your choice is to be in this with God. And you know, you're going to believe for great things. And those things might not be the things that you hope for in this moment. But you know, the, 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 when you lay it down to Him, you know, He's able to do something with it. So, is that where you're going with it? Yeah. Is that
0: what you wanted? Yeah. So That's the story? Yeah. Yeah, what a cool moment to share together, you and Kai, you know, uh, a space and place of, of permission, you know, and I think, um, yeah, there, there's this intersection between love and freedom. You know, there's this, there's this phrase in, in the, the, the love chapter, you know, that says love doesn't demand its own way you know and i think i think there are characteristics of an environment where love can begin to take root that require our personal sense of freedom you know for me love for Leela and Ella doesn't grow when I feel like I have to get home. I have to feed Ella dinner. I have to give Leela half a day to herself. I have to get up at seven in the morning and wake her up. You know, whatever, whatever the deal is, you know, when I feel this sense of have to. And look, there are responsibilities in life. That's the truth. But sometimes when my mind gets focused on those things, I'm robbed of the opportunity to let love grow. Something's stealing the, the mindset that will foster love as a highest goal. And um, there's a few verses that speak to this, this idea of freedom. You know, in First Peter chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover or a pretext for evil, but use it and live as bondservants of God. Or Galatians chapter 4, verse 31 to Galatians 5, 1. So then, believers, we who are born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, Renewed and set apart for his purpose, are not children of a slave woman, the natural, but of the free woman, the supernatural. It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery which you once removed. And carrying on in Galatians 5, verse 13 and 14 For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, for worldliness, for selfishness, but through love serve and seek the best for one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbors as your, your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. You know, it's like there is a marriage between freedom and love. And, and when my life becomes about a have-to, when my, when my view of God and what he's asking of me becomes something that is just a demand placed upon me or a lifestyle I need to fulfill or, or things that must occur, love's not going to get its rule in the house. And, and what a powerful thing in this story of Glenn and Kai for Kai to have freedom. Kai, you don't. You can go buy the car. Just go get a car. Just get the car. And Kai can stop in that place of freedom and go, okay, now this freedom's mine and what do I want to use it for? And he's like, no, that's not who I am. I want to find God. I want the story that he has for me. I want to find what he has for me in this. I want to, I want to sit in this place of freedom and go, no, God, I'll choose your way. Even if it looks different to what I'd choose. And in that environment, you know, Kai's not responding to a, a regimented religious mindset that goes, we only buy cars that God tells us to. You know, it's, it's, it's freer than that. It's a space where he says, you know, you can explore God's love for you through your car purchase. And in that love can get a root in your heart that can't be shaken. And when you set your goal on love being the highest goal, God's going to get love to us in an environment of freedom, and in that free space, the flow of our life can begin to become love. You know, I can uh, choose to uh, come home a half an hour early because I want to pour love into my family. Not because I have to, not because I'm scared Leela's going to be mad at me, not because I'm concerned that I'm going to be told I'm not doing a good enough job. You know, we are motivated by fear a lot. Fear of God, fear of consequence, fear of how people will view me and it's like we have to step into freedom first that says i'm i'm free and now what am i going to use the freedom that christ has given me to roll in on and it's like in that space and place love can begin to grow And love isn't a have to it's not a go make it happen it's not a sort this out it's something that comes in in taking a step back and going in this space in this place i'm free i'm free I can buy the car. I can choose to stay at work till 10. You know, whatever it is, there's you know, when I'm free from demand, can I find a flow of life in my inner self that's got a love motivation to it that begins to see what's around me differently? You know, Nelson, I really love the, the things you were sharing in our group. Uh, You know, about this, you know, Nelson was sort of talking about some of the goals in his life, you know, finish school and do well in school. I mean, there there are some, there are some good things about that goal. There are some good things about that goal. Work hard, you know, get some money. Let's build some things into life, Nelson was sort of saying, I'm throwing you under the bus, mate, but Nelson was sort of saying, you know, I think I can live, like, if I do those things, then I can get, you know, love can be a priority afterwards. Let's build a firm foundation first, get a good education, get a good job, get some money in the bank, and then we can live a life of love. What Nelson was saying, you know, is, I wonder how much would change. I think he might be thinking about dropping out of school, so (laughs) we've discouraged that in our conversation. You know, but, you know, we got talking about it together, and it's like, you know, uh, what changes when you come to a degree of freedom in those things that you're in? A commitment to finish school, which is a good goal. And and, and this first passage we were in didn't say that love is the only goal. It said that love is the highest goal. And so when you've got a subservient goal to love, to finish school, and to earn some money, and to be a hard worker— you know, what happens in the, in the freedom to live, love, in those things is you show up to work different. You show up to school different. You use the funds that come from your work differently. And it's like, those, those aren't the have-tos. Those aren't the have-tos. In an environment of freedom, my choice to be a man or a woman of love can begin to find itself as I set my heart, my mind on it, and as I begin to experience it for myself. And we need imitatable examples. You know, we need to look around us and go, who's who's living their life with big love? Because I need somewhere to, to see this. How does that play out? Because, you know, love isn't a full-time job, and it doesn't pay the bills. But it can find its way into anything and everything. And it's, uh, it's the, the freedom that Christ brings to us that gives space for love to begin to take root. All right, we're going to throw it back out to groups just for 15, 10, 10, 15, just to talk about this, this relationship between a place of freedom, which is, I don't have to, you know, and really the freedom that we're talking about there is that Christ paid the price. He fulfilled the law, right? He, he has made us righteous in his sight. That's his job. And now in that freedom, I get to choose what I'm going to spend that on. What am I going to spend this freedom on? And what would it look like to be people who set love as our highest goal and in our freedom see love grow? Yeah, let's, let's have a bit of a chat about that, that relationship between freedom. Even Kai's story is such a good picture of it as a reminder. So, All right, let's, let's jump back into groups, take 10, 15, have a bit of a chat about that, and we'll come back. Well, any 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 thoughts that kind of came out of that that we just feel like, gee, those are some things that need to be shared. Those are things, those are some things we gotta we gotta hear. What are some of the things that came out of our group talking about this marriage between freedom and love? Any stuff come out of our groups? I'm gonna throw Nelson under the bus in a minute, so I'll just no, he's gonna say it this time because you got this guy's got some good things to say. I'll tell you what. You wanna start? I Man, I just I just love for you to share what you are oh my goodness, the children. I'm oh, Sorry, sorry. Uh yeah, I just I just love for you to share this idea of uh you know the the freedom that Jesus has given us and, and what that changes, you know, and it's just that bit do you remember what you're sharing? Is it front of mind? You don't remember. It's gone. Alright, will you have a think about it? If you can't remember it, I'll, I'll get to it, but anybody else, any thoughts that came out of our groups that we just think are worth kicking around here? Can I pass you this? Sorry, guys, online? Can you?
1: you? Thank you. We were just talking about how some people are just so easy to love, and um, you know, the Bible sort of speaks about we're meant to love that those that are not so easy to love. That's the big challenge, and We also spoke about God gives us love within boundaries. True freedom comes within boundaries. So God says, don't do this, this, that and the other. Not because he's trying to restrict us, but he's trying to give us true liberty and freedom because he knows that if we stray in a direction in doing things that are not within his laws, I guess, he knows that we'll be hurt and relationships will be injured and families will be broken and all sorts of things. So um, where there is true freedom and liberty, it's the true love within boundaries to protect us, I guess. So not legalism, not not that, but it's true freedom within protective, loving arms of the father who knows, just like a father's not going to let their child touch something hot or go off the cliff, that kind of thing. God gives us these statutes and, and things to keep us in his love, but very freely and beautifully to protect us
0: yeah yeah it's so good it's so good it's uh you know, we have so much on offer from God that points us toward life you know and uh, you know sometimes I just wish he would demand his own way you know, I just sometimes I just wish it just, would just make us because it would be better for us but this is the stuff that Nelson was talking about. Have You remembered it? I'm gonna to come to it for you then. You know, Nelson was, Nelson was talking about this idea that uh, that um, really that that Jesus is just not forcing himself upon us. That there's this place of great wisdom and great understanding, and, and really the greatest life for the people that he's chosen to love but he's not making us. He's not forcing something on us that there's this place where he leaves us free to choose. And it's, it's like it it came out of a comment that I made in our group that it's a risky plan to offer freedom because we get to do with freedom, whatever we want. You know, we, we get the freedom to choose whether God's values are our values, whether his wisdom is relevant to us or not. And, and you know, it's a, it's a risky plan for the God of the universe to not demand his way. But without that freedom, there couldn't be love. There couldn't be a response that finds within us a God who demonstrates his love to us. And we get to respond to him, you know. And we, we, were, we were talking about this in our group, that there is no love if there isn't freedom. You cannot force a person into love. But when we're given the freedom to choose, you know, and who who would you give your life to? Who who would you? You know, that if 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 this is the power of life, that's the gift of God is the power to live a life, and that's given to each of us, you know, and our call is that we might lay our lives down or surrender our life to God. But when you think about that in relational terms, you know, if if I'm gonna lay down my capacity to choose to Glenn. Who would, who would Glenn have had to demonstrate himself to me to be? You know, what character would he have to have? What wisdom? What, you know, if I found a man who, who lived uh, for my benefit, who lived with my best interest at heart, who lived with wisdom that was beyond anything I could fathom, who had a, a mission that was beyond anything I could have cooked up, and, and I found someone whose life I wanted to serve... You know, you say, this life is is yours. Use it. You have got such a purpose. You've got such a, a character. And I desire that you would take this life and make it purposeful and useful under your mission. And that's our call with God that we would surrender our lives to him. But we first have to come to understand the love he's got toward us, his character and his nature, that he's beneficial towards us, that his ways are successful, that his mission is beautiful, and that the things that he's got on offer for the world are better than what we could cook up for ourselves. And in coming to understand that, we'll begin to take our own life and say, you know, I, I, I haven't got what's better than that. And, and in understanding who you are and the freedom you've given me to choose, I've found a God of love. And in that space, I want this life to be yours. And on that, we then begin to be the love of Christ on the earth. Anyway, I'm prattling on and on now. So let's park that. Let's worship, eh? Appreciate it. Thanks for that reflections this morning. It's just a joy to explore it. You know, a gift to be reminded that we're free. We're free and in that freedom